This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He is here. Tim Pawlenty is with us, the 39th governor of the state of Minnesota. He's on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Uh, sir, I was talking before where briefly... Around 11 o'clock in the day, and then for 45 minutes last night, uh, attempting to join a, a going-away party for my friend Bob Hagen, I was stuck in an elevator for 45 minutes. Any time in your life, whether it's an elevator or somewhere where you are stuck for an inordinate amount of time that comes to mind. Yes. Well, first of all, uh, Chad, I was stuck in the back of a car once in a in a traffic jam, coincidentally waiting for Joe Biden, then vice president, to lead this motorcade out to a dinner in Germany. And I was asked to ride with none other than Henry Kissinger. Oh, and we wow. waited probably a half hour before wheels rolled uh, and Kissinger and I in the back seat of this car. And then the drive itself was probably at least a half hour. So I wasn't going to let that pass. I peppered him with questions about Vietnam, uh, Nixon, Watergate, all of it. It was one of the best hours of my life. But uh, if I had to choose somebody who I'd want to be stuck in an elevator with, yeah. I, you know, I would like to be stuck with somebody really interesting as a conversationalist and had yes. a head full of ideas. So I'd pick Elon Musk or I'd love to be stuck in there with Bruce Springsteen. That would be kind of fun. That'd be great. Now, were you at the show last Sunday night? I wasn't. I've seen him a bunch, but I wasn't able to go last Sunday. I read the review and heard from a lot of people, including you, how wonderful it was. It sounded great. Yeah, yeah it was absolutely fabulous. Okay, let me hey, let me. Hey, ask I do you have I do have a piece of feedback, constructive feedback for you as a show host. Yeah. Are you open to it? Sure, absolutely. People say they are, and then when you tell them, you know, they get a little defensive. But here it is, uh, you know. My mother-in-law, Beulah Anderson, passed away a few years ago. She was in her mid-90s. She was from rural Iowa, raised in the Dust Bowl, had her hardscrabble life. But she was able to uh, educate and motivate my wife, Mary, and I about the beauty of peonies, old-school, big-blossoming, big-bloom peonies. And then she gave yep. us one word of caution. She said, you know, you have to be a little careful around these old-school, big peonies because when they're around other flowers in the garden, they're kind of showy. You know, they take over. They're, they're showy. And I was watching and looking at your social media a week or so ago when you were in Hawaii. And I thought, it's a little showy, Chad. It's a little showy. <laughs> I, think, I think the word some people use was taunting. 
Some people used trolling. Some people loved it. Other people well, wished harm when I got to, to the me. point when I got to the point where you were shirtless by the hot tub, I immediately <laughs> deleted my history and cookies. I thought it was gonna I could yes. be confused with some weird soft porn site or something. So I, I, if, I if if it involves me, you I really immediately will need drove to, to get my heart right. erased. Yes, yes. Uh circling back, this Henry Kissinger moment would be amazing. Um he's gotta be way in the list, but when you think about your time even as a rep, as a governor, as a presidential candidate, outside of just that Kissinger meeting, is there one other, and let's say it was an hour, let's say it was half hour, is there one meeting that when you see uh, an old friend, you say, I got to tell you about this one meeting I had with so-and-so. Yeah, Who well, I try not to, to do mind? that because, you know, when, you, when you're a former this or that, you spend a lot of yeah. time talking about what sure. you used to do. So I call people right. the used right. to, you know, we used to do this, we used to do yes. that. And I try not to be in that mindset. But, you know, as one of many examples, you know, I went to Iraq uh, five times to visit Minnesota troops there and also Afghanistan three times. I had a chance to meet in Kabul with the then uh, president of Afghanistan, uh, Karzai. And, mm. uh, and yep sitting there in Kabul during a war, visiting with uh, the leader of that country and all that that sort of implied in terms of context was a, was a really, uh, for me, impactful moment and an impactful meeting. Absolutely. That would, that would really stand out. Let, let's get to multiple topics. Well, let's start. In fact, you and, and former Governor Dayton have an op-ed in the Star Tribune about this today. I'll, I'll, I'll encourage people to read it. The headline is, you health programs are critical to states' well-being. This is about the proposed Fairview Sanford Health merger, which has now been delayed. Which Attorney General Ellison uh, is investigated. You and, and former Governor Dayton uh, testified in St. Paul at a hearing at the Capitol. Why? Are you so concerned about the potential of this merger? How would it affect Minnesotans if this took place? Yeah, and I, I don't have a view on the merger broadly, but I have a very strong objection to one aspect of it, and that led to our opposition and Governor Dayton and my uh, testimony the other night in opposition for this reason. Uh, the, the proposal is for Sanford Health, headquartered uh, really in North Dakota, but its head, headquarters are in South Dakota, but it's a, legally a North Dakota company. Yep. If they took over Fairview in its current form, this uh, Dakota, South Dakota entity would own or control a portion of the University of Minnesota Medical Center. Um, and so you'd have an out-of-state entity controlling or owning public assets uh, dealing with health care and other uh, governance issues on and near the university campus. And so that's a non-starter as far as we're concerned. And that's the point that we tried to make. Since some of this first broke, the CEOs of Fairview and Sanford had said, look, we get it, we get it. We'll carve out, we'll carve out the U assets from this merger. Uh, we'll sell them back to the U, but now there's a big fight about how much the U would have to pay to get them back. These are two nonprofit entities. So you're really talking about transferring assets back and forth. And that gets a little complicated. But assuming they can carve out the U, if they want to go ahead with that merger, it otherwise meets all the good tests for healthcare policy and delivery and other things, you know, so be it. But uh, that's our, that was the reason for our objection. 
who uh, approached you uh, about appearing? And then it leads me to a, to a broader question. Where I see this come up with former presidents. And we think about the cauldron a president is in. And I understand, you know, when a president leaves, we have only one president. We have a new president. And he, so far, let's hope at some point, she also will make those decisions. But I was, I've always wondered if we should use the expertise of former presidents more. Do you think, and take yourself out of it, do you think that former governors should play more of a role, including examples like this? Well, only very selectively. Uh, I, I think, Chad, you know, I, I used to get mildly annoyed when certain former other governors would jump into the fray, a couple of them more regular than I thought, and and more negative than I thought. And there really can only be one governor at a time. So I've, I've really tried to bite my tongue as a former governor, unless something really rises to the level of of uh, needing to speak out. This, I thought, rose to that level. And there are other issues too. But in general, I, I don't think a lot of people care that much about what former governors think. And they certainly would care less if you spout it off all the time. So I think it has more value if you do it strategically and selectively and somewhat infrequently. And that's the approach I've tried to take. Before we leave the, the university part of this story, Joan Gable is the president. She's been in the news for a, a, a lot of things where she's used some positive feedback and some negative feedback. Obviously, you're very loyal to this university. What is your assessment of uh, President Gable? Well, I don't know her well, but what I have seen of her and when I've interacted with her, I'm impressed by her. I like her. Uh, and I think, you know, to put it in context, the University of Minnesota, I don't want to say is ungovernable, but if you spend any time studying how it's structured, how regents get selected through a political process, uh, the, the board that she has there, you know, in many ways, uh, wouldn't be a board that you'd necessarily always pick to run a large enterprise because it sometimes lacks people with enterprise management and leadership experience. It's a political board at, at some level. Um, the university has all sorts of incredible internal politics. I won't bore you with it, but the faculty there as tenured faculty has enormous power. The public yeah. employee unions have enormous power. And so we look to the president to be the leader of the university. But truth be told, whether it's President Gable or someone else, they are very boxed in because of the internal politics of that mammoth organization. And then you add to that all of the politics outside of the U, directed at the U, specifically coming from the legislature and a few other places, it's a difficult job. And so I hate to say it, they're, they're not so much of a decision maker as they are a facilitator of all these interest groups and perspectives. And the fact that any person can keep that together moving ahead is you know, kudos to them. But I would love to see, frankly, governance reform for the university. It is like many large public universities in need of modernization, in need of innovation, um, and it moves very slowly and and very politically. Um, but it's yeah, a great I university. I support it. But th those those yeah. are just some of the realities of running, leading a large public institution. Yeah, modernizing, streamlining, making it more efficient. I, I could not agree more. Former Governor Tim Pawlenty is with us here on CCO. So I want you to talk about um, your party at both the state level and the federal level. At the state level, and it's 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 a slim majority, right, for the Democrats, but you have Governor Walls, and then you have these small mi majorities for the Democrats in the House and Senate. At the federal level, it's different. You do have President Biden, and you do have this slim control of the Senate. 
but then the Republicans have a slim control of the House. What's your assessment of how this is playing out the first few months with Republicans in D.C. and Republicans in St. Paul? Well, I think in we'll start with in Minnesota. And of course, the press likes to present Minnesota as a purple state that's truly competitive as between Republicans and Democrats. And as we've talked before, if you look at the numbers, yep. at least in modern right. history statewide, setting aside where there's pockets of Republicanism or conservatism in Minnesota demographically, statewide, it's a it's not a purple state. It's a light blue state. And it probably is in medium blue. And so the Democrats have a built-in advantage in statewide races, and that's demonstrated by the fact that no Republican presidential candidates won there since Richard Nixon. I was the last one to win statewide in 2006. So if you're going to win as a Republican or a conservative in Minnesota, you've got to have a really strong quality and appealing candidate, and you've got to have a party that uh, presents a message that is attractive to a majority of Minnesotans or you know, a strong plurality of Minnesotans. And hopefully bring some independents along that aren't necessarily Republicans, but they like uh, the particular candidate. I think I was able to do that without being immodest. But the Republican Party has failed. And the group, groups that have selected these candidates ha- have failed in putting forth a winning candidate in essentially 20 years. And when you lose 20 years in a row, uh, right. the, it should be very clear you got to try something mm-hmm. different. And I will just say also bluntly, Chad, the... You know, nothing stays the same. Everything changes. Things evolve. Things are not static. They're dynamic. And the Republican Party in Minnesota has stayed the same at a time when the world is changing. And that's just not going to work uh, as, as our world continues to evolve and modernize. Our party needs to evolve and modernize, and it's just stuck. And I, I wish it was different, but um, that's what it is. How different is it at the federal level compared to the state level? Well, there it's a, a different because the political demographics of the nation are more competitive. Uh, and now you have divided government. When the Democrats had the whole thing, they had the House, the Senate and the presidency before this last election. You know, they ran the table on a bunch of big stuff. And frankly, that's what's happening in St. Paul now. They've got full control. They've got a, a two decades worth of pent up liberal you know, issue agenda demand, and they are ramming it all through. And elections have consequences. And now in Washington, mm-hmm. the Republicans right. have the House back so they can stop uh, at least the worst of things happening. And so there's some sort of equilibrium uh, back in Washington politically and philosophically. That is not the case in St. Paul. It's a runaway train in St. Paul. Always appreciate the time. It's also good to have a guest on with the clean feed here and the sound quality is so good. Well, producer, super producer Dave Harrigan is unbelievable. I mean, he can, he can, he's magical. I mean, just magical. Let's, let's not go that far. I mean, we've agreed so much during this conversation. I hate to part with this sort of discomfort, but always appreciate right. it, don't, sir. We'll lo- don't be showy, we'll Mr. Hartman. Don't be showy. <laughs> Thank you. The, right. uh, the former governor, Tim Pawlenty, he is an excellent guest, and we appreciate him coming out on the show here on this Friday. I'm going to talk John Schuster. John Schuster, quality person. Find me somebody who's dealt with John who didn't come away saying, that's a nice man. Uh, You won't, okay? John lives up to it, and he's got a great team. So how about this example? Who wants even more pressure in your life? When you have a change in your life, pressure is coming. Roy and Terry, they made the decision, let's downsize. Who can blame them? It's time to sell their Bloomington home and downsize to one level living. 
They wanted to hire a team that was experienced in working with people looking to downsize and would not pressure them, give them all the options. So they hired John, and guess what? They sold their home with multiple offers and negotiated a great price on their new one-level townhome. John gets it done. He's a nine-time winner as the number one listing agent with Coldwell Banker in the state. Track him down, johnschustergroup.com, or call him, 952-222-9000. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 